understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, real quick, today's episode of The Stranded is sponsored by none other than Instapodcast. If you've never heard of Instapodcast, that's my podcast management agency, and there's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right? My podcast management agency that we started in 2019 with the intent to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives just like yourself connect on one of the most popular platforms on the internet right now that allows you to have true intimacy and vulnerability with your audience, and that is podcasting, to share your story, to share your message, your experience, and your knowledge through one of the most powerful mediums. And what we did was take away the hardest, most difficult part of it. We do the tech and the production for you so that you get to focus on the two most important things, which are content and marketing so that the world can hear your message. Because I know one thing I know for certain is that you have a message that can put words to something that someone else is experiencing that they don't know how to put words to. And so it's time to put your message out there. But the problem is, is you're scared of how much work it's going to take. And Instapodcast takes away all of the work for you so that you can focus on what's most important about the podcast, which is just delivering and serving your audience. So run over to instapodcast.com right now, schedule and book your first call with one of our reps or me, and we will get you started with your popular podcast. What's up guys. Welcome back to this new season of the stranded phase podcast. And as I mentioned before, it's so important to me to bring you guests that have been instrumental on my healing journey, my transformation this year, my connection to self and really understanding radical responsibility and just inviting newness into my life, things that I have uncovered, things that I need to discover and things about me that I want to get better in. And one of those things hugely has been my femininity and what dating looks like moving forward and what connecting with the opposite sex looks like. And I, one of the coolest things I feel like that has happened is Everyone cautioned me about being vulnerable and sharing this journey. And I will tell you at times being this open, it definitely came with a cost, but the beauty and benefit of being this open has been that I have done absolutely nothing better than attract some of the most amazing healers, energy workers, like leaders in this space ever. And so I was so thankful when a good friend was just cracking me wide open. And I was like, girl, who gave you all this information? Where did you get this power from? How do you, how do you step into your femininity like this? And she introduced me to this incredible woman that I've had some great conversations with. And I knew you guys had to hear her on the podcast because she's got some takes that I need you guys to hear. And some of it might have you step back a little bit. And some of you that are single, especially those of you that are high achieving in your respective space, you need to hear this stuff because it's really, really important. So I'm so excited to introduce this woman to you guys and for you to hear what she has to say about our femininity, our ability to connect with our inner feminine, the divine balance, and just everything about dating especially in our thirties and our forties and beyond and what we desire and how to get it. So I'm so excited to welcome femininity or feminine energy coach for single and high achieving women, Vanessa Nance. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Um, such a pleasure to be here. Such an honor to be here really. So we're going to jump right in. Cause I'm super excited about this. I know my listeners, right? High achieving women like myself, lots of them single, some of them not so much. Can you just begin with me on where, not necessarily where we go wrong, but I'll put it like this. I heard this years ago and I'll never forget it. Somebody said that it's either, I don't know if it's in women's minds or it's just in the collective mind that women can't have both. 
that we're either really good in relationships or we're really good at business. And if we're really good in business, we typically suck at relationships. And so where do we go wrong with our feminine energy or just lack thereof or lack of balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Great question. Um, well, for high achieving women, I think where we go wrong is that there's just an over-identification with our masculine energy. And we already live in a very masculinized world and society. And so in general, both men and women have lost touch with um, the power of the feminine and the feminine energy and what that really looks like. You're um, not just your feminine energy as far as your I mean, I I work with feminine as far as your relationship to your heart and your emotional world, which is a big part of the feminine, but also the power to manifest from your feminine, which is why my clients have such incredible results because with your masculine, you're taking action. Your, um, you know, masculine is very directional and leading energy, but there's so much power to the feminine and for women and even deeper power to the feminine, because of the feminine as natural beings that are producing estrogen and all these, um, these hormones, we actually have a a deeper connection to the feminine than a man would, even though a man has a connection to feminine energy, just by the fact that we're producing these hormones, it connects us even deeper to that realm and, and our ability to manifest from that emotional world, from that connection to that feminine energy. So let me get this clear because you talk about balance a lot. So this doesn't mean that in order for us to be in a successful relationship, we have to mask our masculine, correct? We just need to be really in tune with the need for balance, right? Um, so the way I see, I mean, yeah, we definitely need both energies. You know, sometimes a woman can actually, um, not have enough actualized masculine energy. That's actually where I started this work from. Well, I mean, both of them were out of balance. Both of my energies, masculine, feminine was wounded and my masculine energy was wounded. But if we don't have balanced masculine energy, there's a lot of shadow feminine energy, which can look like a helplessness, a waiting on things to happen, um, which I had a lot of that energy before I did deep inner healing work. Um, Or we can be too far on the masculine side. And, you know, that looks like we're kind of cut off from, there's a sense of like, I have to prove myself. I have to prove my work. And we're constantly in that, um, overdrive. And then we're, we're disconnected from feminine worth, which is this innate worth, this feeling of like, there's nothing to prove I am enough. And usually there's a lot of wounding underneath that for both men and women, that disconnection from that innate feminine worth. Um, but as far as both energies, so the way I see it is a woman has her actualized masculine energy in her career. And that is so healthy and so important. I think, you know, every woman is going to have to go through that phase at some point, that individuation of actualizing her masculine energy, even if she started her relationship as a housewife and wanted to make her, her primary concern, you know, the home, eventually she's going to hit that point where she has that, you know, midlife crisis or something. It's like, I need to self-actualize. Like, what is my purpose? And purpose is all about masculine energy, but in relationship, what you, the idea is that you're actually surrendering your masculine energy to your partner to So in the relationship, it's totally separate. Then you have this whole separate entity, which is like, you have the man's masculine and he has feminine energy too, right? And the woman has masculine and feminine, but she's technically majority of the time surrendering her masculine to his masculine, to his leadership in the relationship. And he, in a sense, surrenders his feminine to her feminine, to her intuition, to her divine feminine in the relationship. But, but it's his connection to his feminine, to his feeling world that allows him to relate to her. So if a man doesn't have um, what, what allows a man, the healthy expression of his masculinity in relationship is actually his connection to his feminine, even though it's not the primary expressed energy. It's if a man doesn't have a connection to his feminine, that's where you get that toxic masculinity or men who are shut down or you know, emotionally unavailable. Right. It's because he's, he hasn't, you know, done that inner emotional work to develop that connection to his emotional world, which would be his feminine energy. And that's what allows him to relate to a woman in relationship. So when I hear you explaining this and we're talking about, Mm -hmm. I guess, lack thereof, or like wounded feminine and masculine, I know so many people like that. Like Mm -hmm. so many people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sitting here thinking, "Hmm, I wonder what the healthy balance looks like, because 
whoa, like there's so many relationships of combined energies like this. And I can say former relationships I've been in have definitely been like that. And I see where there's a lack of, I don't want to use the word submission because that's become something that I think people look at is so toxic, Mm. but to kind of lay down those walls. Um, I immediately think of this post you put up the other day and it threw me, it threw me. Cause I was like, we have to talk about this. It said, and I literally wrote this down. Cause I said, I have to read this word for word. It said mirror a man's level of effort, but don't exceed it. Mm-hmm. And I have to explain yeah. this from a very vulnerable place before you explain. Oh yeah, definitely. The past relationship I was in, I learned how to build a business while I was in that relationship because being guided by that partner that I was with Hmm. very masculine, very powerful, very assertive, very like boom, 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 boom taught me that. But I have to admit that in the beginning of that, my motivation to do that was almost completely derived of the need to be respected, to want to be his equal, to actually give the same amount of effort, if not more that he was giving so that I could feel like his equal. Mm -hmm. And so when I read this, in which clearly that didn't pay off. So when I read this, I was like, do you know how many, I just think of so many high achieving women that would read that and be like, oh, never, never. Like I'm never going to, I don't want to use the word bow down, but bow down to a man's level of effort. So explain what you mean by that. Um, okay. So, well, this is actually a tool, like, it's interesting to apply it to being in a relationship, but it's really a tool that I use, um, when you're dating from your feminine. So yeah, we'll go from the perspective of, um, using it first for, for dating. So it's really a means of a woman to protect her heart while she's dating. So you want to mirror a man's level of effort as far as the, the actions he's taking to move the relationship forward. So the frequency at which he's texting you, the, um, the rate at which he's calling you, the amount of pacing, do not look too thirsty is what you meant by this. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you're mirroring, you're mirroring his level of effort to, to basically protect your own heart and your emotional investment. So some women will feel like it can feel like this is feels like playing a game, but it's really because she's not used to emotionally pacing herself and pacing is actually a masculine energy trait. So you're not always using feminine energy when you're dating from you're using both like boundaries is a masculine energy construct. Um, pay mirroring a man's level of effort in a sense is it's, um, you know, it's pacing. So it is, that's a masculine energy construct pacing. It's, um, but it's, it's a way of protecting your heart and you're mirroring, you're allowing yourself to observe how much masculine pursuing energy is this man showing me as a feminine energy woman, you know, you need a certain level of polarity. And so you want to see masculine pursuing energy. I could actually sustain polarity with him. So for those that don't know, explain to my audience what you mean by a level of polarity. Polarity would strong polarity. It's basically like two magnets where you have two opposing, um, or opposite sides. Right. And this, these two opposite forces create this, um, attraction, right. And so the more a woman stays on her feminine side, um, it actually creates that polarity and, and puts a man on his masculine side. Right. So if a woman has actually been on her masculine side, especially, I see this a lot in dating, um, where if a woman was in her masculine energy and not really applying these tools, she can sometimes end up with a man who just has more feminine energy because she did the pursuing. So one client that I was recently working with, um, she's been in a relationship actually with a man and she feels like the real, the dynamic is more 70, 30, where she's putting in the effort and he's, you know, kind of on the receiving side. And I said, well, how did the dynamic start? Because the way a relationship starts is really indicative of the, how it's going to play out over. Right. And so she said, well, the second day, she's like, I asked him out on the second date, And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Like you already went into pursuing energy, claimed him. And didn't take enough time to assess, like, does this man have enough masculine pursuing energy to, um, to sustain polarity? If I'm leaned back, right. If I'm in my feminine leaned back and that man is not taking action to ask me for a second date to, to keep pursuing, um, 
asking, moving things from a phone, from the dating app to a phone call, asking me for dates, like progressing, asking questions, wanting to get to know me. And if I'm leaned back in my feminine, um, and he's not doing that right. If we're both in our feminine, it's not going to go anywhere, but most women will think, oh, he's not taking action. I need to step up and do something rather than see, actually, this is just showing me this man doesn't have enough masculine energy to sustain polarity with me as a feminine essence being, but often we can't stay in that leaned back energy because there's a lot of wounding under underneath that. And so when we aren't connected to that divine feminine worth, we can't lean back. We'll go into overdoing and feeling we have to effort and try to make something happen with a man rather than see there's just fundamental misalignment and that fundamental misalignment, fundamental misalignment. Okay. I have to, we got to talk about this because I I had another woman on the podcast that'll air this month. Um, and we talked about nar- She's a narcissist abuse expert, crazy stuff, Oh wow! but she hits on a very similar point to what you just made. And she actually, and I'm like, not a proponent of list making, or at least not until now. Right. Like mm. I used to think that if you make a list, you're going to walk yourself out right, right out of like an, an opportunity with somebody that doesn't look or feel like the way you thought you were supposed to have. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she explains this exercise of, you know, writing out your complete desirable man, multiple pages, and then circling like six non-negotiables, like your tier ones. And then those are like non-negotiables, like Christian has kids, wants kids. It's like very like must have things. Mm-hmm. And then circling 10 tier twos, or it was like a number. And the tier twos would be like, you would like 50% of these things. Like you would at least like to have, it would be nice to have half. And then tier threes are like bonuses, like things you would compromise on. Mm-hmm. And she said, the problem is, is people at the beginning go on date one and date two, looking to one fill a void. So someone tells you you're pretty or they're nice. And now they've given you something you don't have. They can just as easily take it away. But then you meet someone that has like some of your tier twos, maybe one of your non-negotiables or two of your non-negotiables, but not all of them. And then we end up two, three dates in or two, three years in wondering what happened. And she said, it's literally because we're date. We've chose to date someone that we are completely non-compatible with because they didn't meet those non-negotiables or AKA, like you said, fundamental misalignment. Yes, yes, definitely. I think it's very important to have that list. Um, I do encourage women to have a list. And I also think it's, it comes down to, you know, we're, we're feeling into it, but I, I like the, the, what you pointed out about, you know, the valid uh, unmet validation needs. I take clients through that because there's, it actually comes often where it's coming from is, So you have to ask yourself, like, what was the thing you needed to hear most from your father that you never got to hear? And usually (laughs) that thing that you never got to hear from your father is going to show up again in relationship. That pattern is going to repeat in your relationship. Same for your mother. So it's like, I never got, and it's going to be that thing that you're either you're searching for. It's like, oh, I never got to hear from my father that I'm smart, that I'm enough. And so then I end up with men where I'm constantly feeling like I'm not enough. I'm searching for that validation that I'm smart enough. So a big part of the work is to start to give yourself that inner validation because what's given from within will be received from without. That's like the spiritual principle. You might have just coached me through my entire life just now. Um, I knew that, but I needed to hear that very specifically in the way in which you just said it, because Lord, now that I think about my past relationship recently and what got us so close is the very thing that my father did not give me for sure. Yes. 100%, right. 1000%. Yeah. Those that's inner validation that. needs are so important that, and that's why the inner child work is the fundamental. It's the, the, you know, the foundation of healing your feminine energy. Otherwise we're always, we're always just relating to men from that wounded inner little child. And that's what takes us out of our feminine. It's the wounded sense of ourself that we don't have a relationship with. We don't have a relationship to this wounded part of ourself. And so that part of ourself kind of takes control and, um, and we're responding and relating to men from that wounded self, rather than knowing how to meet her needs. And then we can show up in that kind of high value feminine. Oh, okay. So speaking of, have you ever heard of the podcast claimed Anarova? Oh yes. Yes. 
So I was just listening to an episode on there and she was interviewing three of her clients in her program. And it, it was really cool because all three of them had three personality types. So you could literally listen and it was like Spice Girls. You could be like, oh, that's me. So there was one girl and I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. You know, she was just like, I keep getting in these relationships and then I stay too long and I'm getting in these situations. But, you know, I, as soon as I get out, I cut them off. I go back to my business, you know, whatever, whatever. And she said, I was even skeptical about this program, whole thing. And, but the part that got me was she explained how in this program, she learned that there's only two versions of her when she's dating and it's either her masculine taking over. Mm. So literally hardly, you know, any of that polarity, but just her masculine taking over. Like, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Or if she feels like she's being taken advantage of her wounded inner child comes out and all that happens is like the warrior masculine comes out to protect the inner child. And she's like ready to slay you. Yes. And I was like, mm. Oh my God, that's, that's constantly like the two places I feel like I'm operating from is either the wounded child that, and I'm constantly trying to protect her. You, you see me moving. I'm like, imagining, I see myself with a sword, yeah. like <laughs> you're going to take advantage of me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to make me feel like I'm not enough. And then, or the, I'll just take care of it. So this So this is really helpful that I can explain what feminine energy actually is because so when you're doing going into that, she's like, if you're not going to take action, I'm just going to do it. Right. That's what you would be. That's what's called shadow masculine energy, because rather than use the expression, which in this case would be the healthy expression of your feminine, we go into our shadow masculine, which means it's compensating for an unhealed part of ourself. So rather than sit with what's, what's coming up, like, let's say he doesn't text me for, and I start to feel this flurry of anxiety and anger comes up. And all of that is like my inner child, that, that anger, that anxiety is like my inner child that feels abandoned. That's probably telling me a story. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. If you have an anxious attachment style, you know, or avoidant, so avoidant might like decide to cut him off. Anxious might go into like chasing and, but rather than be present to that, be present, which would be your feminine energy. Your feminine energy is your relationship to your inner environment, to your emotional world. And so often we don't have a relationship at all to our feelings, to our sensations, to what's going on that we just immediately go into action. And that that's the shadow masculine. We'll go into like doing something to resolve the unmet need, because that's what masculine energy is about. It's about, there's an unmet need that we're not willing to be present to. And so we go in to take action to try to create that sense of safety. Whoa. (laughs) That sounds, that sounds right. (laughs) More than right. It sounds Yeah. It's like, well, we've all experienced it, right? It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Like I, I can't even tell you how many times I know that I've fully stepped into this. Okay. So I want to get into dating, but before we close the chapter on just like our behaviors inside relationships, um, as I've expressed myself on this journey, I've gotten, I've had great conversations with a lot of women that have said, I've been through this. I've been divorced. I've, I just ended a relationship. Like I'm getting, you know, I'm getting some really incredible stories. I'm meeting so many high achieving women that basically mention like being in a relationship too long, staying too long, knowing and staying too long. So when, like, when is it time? I I just, I've always felt like this and maybe I'm confused and my boundaries, lack, lack of boundaries are where I get stuck. But, and I remember sitting at a table with a guy and having this exact same conversation with him. He said, sometimes I don't know the difference between what they mean by fight for your love. And like, when it's time to walk away, Mm -hmm. is there like a clear guideline for women on when it's time to walk away? Well, it's natural for women to stay. It's more common for women, especially on her feminine side to stay in a relationship that's no longer working out because we're women will view, view love as like, as connection. And so as long as we're getting this feeling of love, even though some things are not working out, there's still that feeling of like, well, I love this person, right? Like he's not stepping up for me, but that feeling of love is still there. And as long, most women, as long as we're feeling that feeling of love, we'll stay in the relationship despite the misalignment, right? So so it requires your masculine energy to be able to, to move away, right? Masculine energy is going to be moving towards or away from something. Feminine energy is more about that, um, 
the connection that's there. And so she's going to want to, she's more likely to just stay in the relationship, despite the fact that there, there are these signs that it's no longer really aligned, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it takes, I think that's why coaching is so important for when you're in a relationship that's like on the, you know, starting to fall apart. Like it's a sign that conflict is, is healthy in a relationship. Like, um, you know, every, if there's no conflict in a relationship, it's a sign that there's probably, there's no intimacy. There is a healthy level of conflict, but conflict means that growth is needed, right? So so conflict is showing you that there's something within the subconscious of both people that's like asking to be, to come forward, right. To be expressed, to be healed. There's growth that needs to happen. And there can be another evolution of that relationship into something else, or it can be that the cycle of that relationship is just coming to an end. But oftentimes you need help, a third person to help people to see, because what we're, we're, we don't know what we're we don't know what we're not aware of, right? We don't know what we're unconscious of, what that material is that's coming up. And so a third party to come in can help a couple come to resolution. Um, but sometimes it's just because there is a fundamental misalignment. If the other person's not willing to do their work, you know, I one thing I encourage women to, to really understand is that your feminine energy is not going to change who a man fundamentally is. And some women will come to me thinking that like, oh, you can rebuild polarity. It's possible. But if that man is not really aligned in his masculine energy in his own life and, you know, has his own wounding around that and and is not like your feminine energy is not going to suddenly get him to start stepping up and be a different man. Um, Mm -hmm. if he's not willing to take that action for himself to get his support and, but what your feminine energy will do as a woman comes back and connects to it is she'll start to really feel the misalignment, right? Where she's actually been in all this doing energy and she's been so disconnected from herself. She's not, she hasn't even been aware that she feels resentful and exhausted and right. She's kind of like just been in this doing mode all the time. Um, so she's lost touch with her, with herself, right. With her heart, with her emotional world to know that, okay, I actually need to reassess this relationship. Is it really aligned for me to get her feeling world, right? The feminine is the feeling world. And that's going to get you back in touch with, um, if the relationship works or not, which is actually to go back to your point around narcissistic relationships, women get into these narcissistic relationships often because we, we had abuse. I was, had this pattern dating narcissistic men. And usually it's because our emotional world, we got, we kind of became numb to our own emotional feeling world. And so it's like a man might, might insult you. And we almost have this feeling of like numbing out. We don't really hear it. We don't. So that's why we get into the narcissistic relationship because it's like, we're numb to our own emotional world. And so healing your feminine energy is just going to have, it creates massive transformation in, in being able to spot it very quickly because you're no longer, um, unaware kind of. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Do you have anything on? So when you're saying, you know, leaning into your feminine, but boundaries is really like a masculine construct. What do you, what is your advice Mm -hmm. with women and boundaries? Because is it, we've, we've been taught since the day is long that like, if you don't lay down the law and you don't show a man how to treat you, he will run all over you. Right. So what do healthy boundaries look like for women without this coming across as like this Cause I feel like women always get to a point where it's too late for boundaries. And then we try to cast boundaries out there as like putting our foot down and it just becomes this like really messy masculine thing. Like you're not going to treat me like that. And then it's like, yes. whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. You, you've never even said that. And it's been three years. Like, so it's like women try to put their foot down and it's just this huge, I don't, I've just seen it be really messy before. Um, yeah. So healthy boundaries is always going to start with um, a solid inner connection. So when you're strong on the inside, you can be soft, have soft boundaries on the outside. But most of the time we don't have that inner connection, that inner, um, you know, the connection to all of our wounded parts, right? So that we feel strong on the inside. And so we can kind of be 
will be too soft on the outside, right? So if, if we're soft on the inside, so there's, okay, so there's different ways boundaries can look. It's like soft on the inside, soft on the outside, right? Which is like no boundaries on the outside, no. Or you can be soft on the inside, hard on the outside, right? So hard, so that's that hard, like cut people off, right? Because you're soft on the inside. The goddess, the high value feminine woman is strong on the inside, soft on the outside. Mm. And so that outer softness comes from that inner strength, that connection to, um, you know, being able to create safety for myself in my inner world without, so let's say like a man, the, the guy I'm dating, um, I, I like is I, some, something comes up that I feel jealous, right. That he did something. And so if I don't have a connection to myself, to how this makes me feel, to what that brings up inside of me, my boundaries with him are going to be really rigid. Like you can't go liking that woman's post on Instagram and da, 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 right. And it's because, well, if I haven't met the pain inside of me, if I'm not taking accountability for what this brings up within me, then yeah, I'm going to use a boundary to create, try to create a sense of inner safety. And I'm going to put it on the man and make it his responsibility rather than first meeting what comes up within me. And then being able to articulate, it's not that you have to deny how you feel. You, you absolutely, you take responsibility for how you feel and then let him know how you feel. And often, you know, a, a masculine man is going to want to make you feel safe, want to, you know, and that's, you know, how I, I mean, a man can respond in various ways, but, um, first we have to know how to create that sense of inner safety to, to have the soft boundary. And so, um, like boundaries around sexuality is a really interesting one, because if we don't have that feel, know how to create that sense of safety from within, feel filled up from within, we'll have weak sexual boundaries because women will use sex as a way to get love, to feel filled up. And, um, yes, yeah, sex is an interesting one with boundaries because it's a place where we can very quickly go unconscious. And we're like, why don't I have, I used to struggle with this bound my boundaries around sexuality. And it was like, well, because I was always looking to get to, to get that sense of love. And as you feel more filled up from within, as you have that inner strength, then it's like, oh, your boundaries naturally come very easily with men. It's like you never accidentally sleep with a guy on the third date when you have strong inner boundaries because you're not looking to him to give you anything. It's like to fill you up emotionally. I think we talked about this before, but it's like, I think this is so important to talk about because there's two things that you mentioned that need to be talked about exp expanded on. So one is that, because I think every single woman can say that she's had pity sex before. Like a man has done something for her, super nice, get taken her on a super romantic date or offered to take her on a trip. And we find ourselves like, Oh, do I owe this? Oh, like we just like check out and have sex. And it's like, yeah. then like a year later or six months or tomorrow, we're like, why the hell did I do that? Like, I didn't really even want to, you know, it's not forced, but we're just like, I didn't really want to even have sex with that person. So mm. it's literally like pity sex. Like we feel like it's owed to that person for doing something nice for us that someone has not done in a while which yeah. is like, I'm listening to what you're saying. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're just trying to fill something to receive something. Yeah. And the other thing that will help with that is like, once we have, once we enter relationship from a place of worth connected more to our feminine energy, there's less this feeling of like, well, he gave to me. So I owe him, um, mm -hmm. back equally because the, the masculine energy gives and the feminine receives and it's there's this giving and receiving cycle from her from her connection to her self-worth and so she can receive from this this sense of like uh her connection to her innate worth so when you're connected to this innate worth there's no sense of like well i owe you i have to give back equally it's only when we're connected to our masculine identity that there's this sense of like well i need to balance things out i need to like give back to you because she's not connected to the fact that like i can receive in abundance from a man because i'm connected to this innate worth that like oh and i don't owe you anything right like a man could take me to a beautiful five star resort and i'm like well i'm not going to sleep with him until i know i'm emotionally ready until i know that 
it's right for me, not from a place of like, well, he spent all this money. Now I owe him sex. Right. Cause that's coming from that masculine worth. And I get, whoo, great. You're just, we're like just scratching the ice <laughs> off right now. <laughs> so I want to go back to this because I feel like every single woman listening has dealt with this and, and, and dealt with it in different ways, because I've heard across the board, how men handle this is like one of the most talked about issues right now in relationships and in dating or, um, just across the board is like social media, Mm. like the boundaries around social media. Right. And I'm hearing what you're saying. And I just, I really want women to catch onto this is like, we will be dating someone and then see them liking all these other women's pictures or posts. And we're like, wait, you're only supposed to be interested in me. And we do one, one of three things. We immediately cut it off and walk away. We set some rigid boundary, like you said, or we just completely overlook it. We just go, okay, well, maybe once he falls more in love with me, he'll stop doing that. Once we, once we become more exclusive, he'll stop doing that. Yeah. So of those three things, like, and I understand it really isn't on him. It's, or it's, this is on us, but of those three things, what is like the most appropriate thing to do when we realize in that moment that we have a feeling of like, we're not enoughness or whatever that feeling that needs to be met is. So I often, so I, I use like the mirror principle a lot in relationship. And that's why I love to work with, um, single women, because then you can really get her the results that she wants rather than you're in a relationship and you're getting this mirror of the unhealed part of yourself. So when you, so I find it that like, if I were to, if I were to find myself in a, I'll use myself as an example in a relationship with a man, that's like liking all of these other women on Instagram. Well, that would probably, that would likely be a mirror of where I was at in my sense of self-worth and the, my, my level of attention that I felt I was worthy to have on, on me from my man. Right. And so I would say like, well, that's a mirror of like the deeper inner work you need to do because you can absolutely have a man. Like I set the intention in my last relationship. I was like, I want a man who doesn't use Instagram a lot. Who's not going to be his focus is like, like for me, it would just be a no. Like if a man's liking a bunch of Instagram models, like I know that's for me, it does not work. I don't want a man who's, so I just, I, and I've done that level of inner work, healed my father wound where, you know, I never felt my dad's affection, love, right? So that can be that mirror that you'll get in relationship where it's like, oh, a man who's always giving his attention to every other woman, but not you, you're going to get that if you haven't healed that part of yourself, that inner child. Um, so I think it's completely fine to, if you're getting that mirror in relationship, I would say it's likely, you know, it's coming from a wounded aspect within you. It's, But, um, I think women can definitely, if you're dating and you're single, like set that intention that of what you want, the kind of man you want. Cause if I saw a man that was just like, I know I don't want a man. Um, when I was working with a client and her, her man just happens to be an industry that with like a lot of women. And like, he has this picture with like all these, you know, women by his side and for her, it brought up a lot of anxiety. And so it's like, well, you have to get clear. Like if this is, you can't tell this man that he can't do that, right? This is who he is, but you have to assess, is this aligned with what I want? Right. For me, if I saw that kind of man, like if he's in an industry where he's always surrounded by gorgeous women taking pictures with all these, like I, that just wouldn't work for me. I don't want a man that's like, like you have to get clear on what you want in relationship and know that like, look for a partner that, um, does align with you. Now, as far as like the rigid boundaries, what, what I encourage is that like you look for a person that you can really trust. You see their character and don't stalk your partner on social media because seek and you shall find. If you are seeking evidence that your partner is liking other people, you're going to find it. Your mind is that powerful. You're going to go look for something that's going to affirm it back to you. Or, um, you know, it's just going to get you in, especially if we have an anxious attachment style, it just gets us into these loops of, we feel like we have to, so I personally like to just not like if you find yourself looking at your man's photos, looking to see who liked his photos and who has he been liking, you know, like you're in stalker mode, like 
it's time to stop. It's time to like lean back and be like, whoa, I'm giving myself anxiety. I need to just get out of this and ask myself, do I really trust this man? Do I trust his character? Like perhaps it is a guy that likes to like Instagram models. You're, you're already in a relationship with a man and this is part of his personality, but you know, you love him. So then you're going to need to accept that. Like, that's a part of the masculine, like some men, they, they're going to admire other women, right? But his heart is only going to be devoted to you. And so you have to realize, you know, is this, is this worth ending the relationship or am I willing to accept that this is who he is as a man? And I, I trust, I trust who he is. I trust, um, his character and that he would not, you know, be disloyal. This because I've been that woman. I've been the stalker. I have so many friends that have been the stalker. Mm -hmm. And so what is that? I mean, obviously it's distrust rearing its ugly head, but like, what are some unmet things you think are like rearing their ugly head in those moments when we find ourselves at that point? Um, I mean, yeah, the lack of the lack of trust, we're just going into basically, you know, it's that anxious attachment style that's going in spiraling into fear. And, um, we really have to drop out of our heads and into our heart, right. And just be willing to feel what's coming up. And, um, of course, like if you're going to, if you're dating somebody who's very, you know, a stat, like maybe they're, you know, very um, well-known in their field, right? Like, let's say kind of like have, has some level of notoriety or fame, they're going to have a lot of, you know, various people that are liking their content that are seeing them on a daily basis. Like it requires a lot of self-confidence, a lot of self-worth to be able to date someone at that level. That's why the, you know, the, the higher women who, who come to work with me, who do the deep inner work, like they attract higher quality men, because the more you're connected to that self-worth, that self-confidence, then you can actually sustain relationship with somebody who's more aligned with their worth as well. Okay. All right. So this is such an interesting perspective to hear, because I feel like so many men, especially like with high level notoriety will say, I cannot date an insecure woman. I have to date a woman that's very confident and it comes off as very disrespectful to women a lot of times, but there's so many women that think like, so the expectation is for me to write off and everything around me. Like what level, I always wonder what level of confidence is that? Like, what does that level of self-confidence look like for a woman that she's just so secure and so happy with herself and so connected that nothing else outside of her matters? Well, I think what it really comes down to is there's a deep trust in the emotional bond and that, that emotional blueprint, but oftentimes that, that was distorted in childhood, our sense of like that emotional connection. There's a lot of distrust that I can actually trust a man's heart, trust a man's emotional, trust that emotional connection. Right. And so we're overlooking it by thinking like, oh, I'm going to lose this connection. He, you know, this other woman likes him, right? We don't trust that. Um, we don't trust love, right? We don't trust a man's love when we had that love blueprint distorted for ourselves. And we haven't healed that. But when a woman's actually done that inner work and healed that herself, there's this sense of like, of course I trust this man. Like he, I trust his heart. Like there's this deep inner feeling that, you know, he would not choose anyone else. And so we're not going to go into that inner, the little girl part of us that wants to control him and tell him what he can or can't do in his career and who he can or can't talk to. I mean, you can definitely have boundaries. Like I've, um, I took a course by, um, Melanie Ann Lair. She's, um, you know, very successful, like multi-million dollars in her business. And she has, she mentioned in one of the programs that she has strong boundaries with her husband, our fiance, Kevin, that like, he cannot be friends. Basic. I mean, it's pretty strict. She's like, I think it was mostly, she said like no friends with other women that are not within their like circle. Wow. Now, because she's, because she's in this very, um, you know, I mean, she attracts a lot of beautiful women into her circle, into her world. Right. And, right. and so she's like, um, and I guess, I mean, it's an agreement that they both made though. They both decided that this is healthiest for our relationship. Why tempt each other? So it's like, unless it's a friend that they both 
um, you know, already have in their circle. He's not basically the rule is like, he's not allowed to just, you know, go make side friendships with other women, which I think is healthy. Like that's a normal, healthy relationship. Actually, your primary best friend is going to be your lover and partner. And you're going to have mutual friends. If you're having emotional connections outside of the primary relationship, that's already a sense of like emotional infidelity. So I think that's a healthy boundary. Emotional infidelity. Yeah. Woo! You have no idea how many times I've seen that where people just create endless opposite sex relationships and or friendships outside of the relationship and how much trauma it causes on the relationship. Like yes. I, I understand yeah. past friendships, but new friendships with the opposite sex and how much of a burden that is on the relationship. Yes. And it's something to just have, you know, a healthy conversation around and, um, but it definitely is a thing, emotional infidelity. And and it's so funny. Cause now that I think about that, I'm, it's always mirrored, like you said. So I definitely think that's something that I've struggled with it with a partner, but it's so funny. Cause I always, now I think about every time I was, could have been friends with a new person of the opposite sex and how hesitant I was or careful I was. And it was obviously because it was something that really triggered me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I would never let anyone get like super, like someone new get super connected to me because of my emotional attachment to my former partner. And mm-hmm. so yeah. Now that you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, that must have been because that was a trigger for me, for him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. Okay. So ending relationships and you and I have had this conversation before and it blew my mind because I've always been taught like, you know, go, well, not always, but as an adult, a 30 year old, that's not 21 that once you leave a relationship, you know, spend time alone, heal, connect, yeah. like, you know, don't, you know, do the work so that you don't go meet the same, you know, the same problem in another body kind of thing. But in talking to you, you said that there is a point where you, in your healing process, where you do have to kind of put some men in rotation and begin dating because it's part of the healing process. So when, when is too, like, when is the time or when is too soon? Or when do you know you're ready to date again after a relationship? Um, Usually, I mean, so usually women won't feel ready unless she's done a certain amount of inner work. You're going to feel, I mean, at least what I see with my clients, when they come in, when we, we commit first to the inner work, to rebuilding her sense of confidence and worthiness. And then there's this like excitement to start dating. You feel supported by a community of women. You're not doing it alone. Um, and so then she starts dating and dating, I describe it kind of as like, um, a dating for growth process, or, um, I call it in my program, magnetic dating, because this was a big part of my healing journey is I started dating men. And a lot of them would bring up my triggers, the, the parts of myself that I hadn't fully healed. And it was very powerful because in any other container in a therapeutic container, I wouldn't have seen these parts of myself. I had to go out and and see what was unhealed, right? I needed that external experience to trigger what was unhealed within me. So like, for example, um, one date I went on this guy, I used to have this deep insecurity that because I have a scar right on my, um, on my forehead between my eyebrows. And I was like, before I went on the date, I looked in the mirror and I was like, Oh, you'd be so pretty if you didn't have this ugly scar. Right. It was like this, you know, Oh, poor me. I'm, you know, I don't feel enough. Right. And all that unworthiness was there. And so then I go on the date and we, he's sitting there at the bar. I go, go to meet him, um, making eye contact. And within like the first few minutes, he looks at me and he's like, Oh, I never noticed you have that a scar on your face. And I was just kind of mortified. It was like, seriously, like the first thing you point out into a woman is like that you have a scar and like, you're going to, and it was really, I was stuck in a lot of projection, like who knows what his intent was. But when, when somebody hits on a wounded part of yourself, we often, we go into that victimization. And so I basically just heard, I, I interpreted projected, right. Projected my disowned um, shadow onto him thinking that he was trying to tell me that I'm not pretty enough, that I have this ugly scar, right? That was all my, my disowned shadow projected onto him. And so I had to work one of my friends from graduate school. I, um, 
talked it out with him and he helped me like own the projection to see that it was like that disowned part of me that I had to love up and that I really didn't know what his intention was at all. Like maybe it was just like, oh, I never know that you like had this scar. Like it, you know, like it's very, when you're not in a triggered state, it's very easy to just to be open-minded. Right. But when we collapse into judgment, when we feel like I know exactly what you meant, that's usually when we're stuck in projection, we're stuck because we, we have this certainty that I know what you were trying to, what you, what your intention was when really like, we don't know, but we have to be open to what the other person actually meant. Um, and so that was a deep opportunity for healing. And there were many experiences I had like that, that each one, And so I integrated that and I really like love that part of myself up and stepped into deeper confidence through that dating experience. Um, let's see, like another one was just, you know, learning to set boundaries with a man. Like I went on a date with a guy, it was like this new caliber of man, um, tall CEO. It was kind of like, I had always settled before in my love life. And, but this guy said to me on, on the first date, he's like, well, basically I'm not looking for a relationship, just kind of looking for you know, casual sex more or less. And I had to really honor myself and what I really wanted in relationship and say no to this man. Even there was like such strong sexual attraction and chemistry, but it was like, no more, no more. Am I going to settle for man, men that can't give me everything I want. And so that was kind of like this, it was an opportunity for growth for me to really step into, because from a manifesting perspective, we kind of get tested from our subconscious of what, what's felt familiar. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you have to, when you pass that test, you start to up level to net to another, because often we're kind of attracting men at a certain level, which is mirroring back something within us. But when I get that test, when I pass that test, then it's like, okay, now, now I know what I want. I can have what I want. And I'm aligned to my worth that I know I can have it. And then we'll start to get this new level mirrored back to us. Dating can really help you. Um, dating is going to prepare you. I see it as a way it's preparing you to receive the one. Mm. Yeah. That was the interesting part about listening to that podcast claimed because after going through her stuff, you know, they were Mm -hmm. all dating, you know, and I, I don't mean to give all of us this Disney princess dream, but listening, you're, you're listening and you're like, okay, so they got out of the bad relationship. They did the work. Now they're dating again. Did they find the one, you know, and out of the three of them, one of them was dating one that felt like he was really like, they were on the road to the next level, but the other two, they had dated like two, three, four men, but gotten so crystal clear. Hmm. Like even one of the girls, she even like complimented and just raved about a date she went on it didn't end up being anything, but she said the date and it's in itself just taught her that she could let a man lead. Like even when she kept trying to lead, he would like beat her to the punch. And she was like, it just kind of made her like, okay, like this is what mm-hmm. happens when I really just kind of step back and let someone do their thing. And one thing I've noticed about dating, you know, just in it, it's very like high level casual, but is it, it alone has taught me I guess it's, it's almost like this, this simple gift of showing me that there is so much more out there than what I thought based on my triggers of what I've experienced. So mm-hmm. you can leave a relationship being very, I guess, jaded. Yes, yes. And then dating alone has made me kind of open back, peel back my eyes a little bit and go, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. And it's you, we do get the representative in the, in the first date, but I have seen instances where I'm like, wow, what a gift for me to just even see that there are other things, options, and kind of men out mm-hmm. there. Yes. Yeah. A very common, um, practice for any, anyone who coaches feminine energy dating, well, they'll talk about building a rotation. And so that's really helps women to not only to stay in your, in your feminine energy, cause you have a lot of options. You have a lot of men pursuing you, but, um, you're really being able to assess what it is you truly want, you know, having a lot of options and, and getting more clarity on what it is you want. Cause oftentimes we don't know exactly what we want until we have that contrast and see what it is we don't want. And every time you know what we want to eat, how do we know what we want? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so every time you see what you don't want, you're actually getting more clarity on what it is you do want. So, so rather than look at like, what do I want? Figure out what you don't want. Because like, let's, for example, women will, um, I've had women work with me 
and she'll maybe at first be open to, um, let's say like, like if you're maybe dating a man with children, like she doesn't have children. If she doesn't have children and she's like been open to it, but then she realizes, oh, I actually need a man that can give me more attention. And so she realizes like, oh, that's not in alignment for me. Or, um, one woman worked with me, she had been divorced and she previously thought like, oh, I don't know about marriage. Um, I don't necessarily need marriage, but then after dating, dating men who said they didn't want marriage, she got clarity that she actually does want marriage. Right. So when you see what you don't want, you're like, oh, I actually now know what I do want. Mm. Man, this is so true. Wow. Big part of it I teach is manifesting and that you, you can have what you want. Like that's the, like when you're manifesting, you get to have what you want. When you come into alignment, that you are worthy to receive it, that it exists and that it's meant for you. Like, and, but we'll have all these limiting beliefs like, oh, well, like, let's say you're a woman and, um, you know, if, if you want to date a man that like, for me, I know I, I don't have children and I want to date a man that doesn't have children because for me, it often triggers my inner child. Um, well, if he has a daughter, I know I cannot date men with, with a daughter. And so like that for me is something that like, I'm just like, no, I won't do it. I know that that's what I can have. And so I'm in alignment with that. And so I've attracted men more and more who are just fully like, don't have children, want, want marriage, want children, but it's comes from that deep alignment that I can have. So that I can have what I want. Right. And this is something like when you give yourself that permission that like, if you're, if, even if you're a woman that has children and you know, you want a man that doesn't have children, you can have that because you're like, I need a man that, that, that can have enough attention to put on me. Right. Or I need a man that's like kind of in the tail end of his career, like get clear on what it is you really want, be open-minded, but then become really clear. And the more you clarify your love vision, you absolutely will manifest it. Okay. Love vision and manifestation. You have talked about the power of manifestation and like how powerful the woman is. I mean, I've, I've been with energy healers that explain like why men need women is literally for their power to create. So can you just briefly explain yes, right. like one, a woman's power to manifest and two, what, just, just briefly, like what you mean by love vision. I mean, yeah, definitely. The woman is, is the muse she's manifesting from the, I think we're just so much more connected to the unmanifest because we have this womb space, which is like the connection from, from the, the manifest world, the material world, the conscious world to the unconscious, which is like, you know, when we come into the womb, it's like your, the womb is like the, the unconscious. It is this space. And then we go through, um, through the cervix into consciousness, right. Into, into light, into this next world. And so, because we, as women have this womb space, we're deeply connected to the unmanifest realm. So yeah, so woman, and because she's more connected to the feeling realm, to the emotional world, um, there's a big part of manifesting that's, you know, it's, you have to feel it first, right. To, mm -hmm. Um, and so I think just because women are more connected to the feeling world, we can, and just like, there's that sense of the feminine is like, you know, we're connected to that woo woo sense, right? Like, like we can, you know, we're men, like, unless a man is more on his feminine, you're not going to see him kind of like doing, you know, spiritual rituals. Like he, he might be a little more on his feminine side. So when you say that a woman has the power to manifest, literally manifest, I understand what you're saying by this, because. I've been to energy healers that have explained how powerful, like why, why men need women, because we're literally, like you said, the muse, we literally contribute the energy that men need to be creatives. And so you're, it, this is a serious thing when you say women are powerful manifestors. So can you explain why you say women are powerful manifestors and what you mean by a woman creating a love vision? Yes. So I, think it's really, I mean, the manifestation I see from the, the passive manifestation where things kind of just come into your life, um, it comes from the feminine energy and there is, um, and so I think because women were just more deeply connected to the feminine because we have a womb space, because we're more connected, we're producing estrogen and, um, more of these feeling caring hormones, 
um, it just connects us deeper to that realm of the unmanifest of, and of the feeling world. And a big part of manifestation is to feel it before you've received it, right? So connecting to your love vision and then feeling that man as if he's already here through, I take my clients through, you know, visualization, meditations. Um, and once you've cleared the blocks, the limiting beliefs, right? Because it's really just a matter of clearing those limiting beliefs of where I feel I wouldn't, I'm not worthy to have this. And then feeling it as if it's already here, the more you connect to that, the more you're actually, every time you feel that manifestation, it's like you're calling these, um, you're calling those particles into existence, into your reality. You're pulling it towards you. You're pulling that reality towards you. And so women were just more connected to that feeling realm. And I think it's, it's just an easier place for, for women to naturally want to go towards. Um, as far as your love vision, though, I recommend women get really clear. I break it up into two areas. So alignment and chemistry. And so you want to have kind of your list of both. Your chemistry is like, how am I going to feel with this person? And then alignment are the qualities I want to have in this partner. And so it's good that you have both because sometimes we can overlook um, chemistry for alignment or alignment for chemistry. And, and your soulmate relationship is going to be both alignment plus chemistry. So your love vision will have both of those categories. So list like two things that someone would put in alignment versus chemistry. Uh, so chemistry can look like um, someone that I, I, I can feel I easily laugh with and can let my like goofy side out with, right? Um, alignment will be, I know for me, I, I want a man who's an entrepreneur or um, very driven and already aligned with his purpose. Maybe not an entrepreneur, but it could be more broad, right? A, driven and aligned with his purpose, a quality really about mm. him, which is chemistry is like, how am I going to feel when I'm with this person? Right. I feel, I feel seen. I feel completely accepted. I feel that free to be myself, to be goofy, to let my, um, you know, my carefree nature out. And I feel right. There's just those feeling qualities you want to really tap into also like how you feel. I, my last manifestation, um, I know I wanted like a bigger man. So I would go into this visualization this, of like always kind of feeling him. I would always imagine like I was looking out into water. I got very clear that I wanted a man that like lived near the water that had a view of the water. So I would, I would go back into these visualizations, imagining myself in his apartment, walking into the apartment, seeing the ocean view um, and just got really clear. One, one actually aspect I like with visualization is you can take your exes and you basically like, you take the qualities that you liked about them and it's called, it's basically this notion of like fragmented expander. So it's like, let's say with one X, I felt deeply loved. Like I like, and that's, this was my experience. One X I remember, but there wasn't the chemistry in that relationship. Like, but I felt so loved by him. And so he was like a fragment that I took into my love vision. Cause I know what it felt like to feel deeply loved. And so I it took that, but I also wanted a man, I felt deep physical attraction. And so when I went on a date with a man where I was like, okay, now I know what it feels like in my body to feel that deep attraction with like a masculine man. But that, as I mentioned, right in that one date, that guy, but he didn't want commitment. And so it was like taking these little fragments of every experience to kind of, because the manifestation comes from the feeling in your body. And so as you can like pull all these parts together, you're kind of like creating this love vision in a feeling. It has to be a felt state. And so then you go into your visualization and the more you can connect to it, when you get to the experience, like your manifestation is going to come through when your faith is absolute certainty. And usually the signs are going to get much stronger. So I, I encourage women to, um, like create a vision board of all of their signs that are so like your angels and guides that are sending you messages. And, but when your faith is 100%, you're like, I know. I, so my last man was like a soulmate uh, contract for sure. And I've had tarot readers confirm it. Um, but two weeks before I met him, I knew he lived in, in Marin. I knew he had an ocean view. I knew he was an entrepreneur. I knew he was like over six feet tall. I knew he never had quite, this was like everything on my manifestation list. He was all of these things. And two weeks before I met him, I looked across 
the Golden Gate Bridge, told my sister, I was like, that's where my man lives. I'm going to meet him very soon. And, um, and two weeks later, I met him and he was all of those things, everything I had been, but I had to be going on this journey of dating to prepare me to receive him, to do that inner work so that I was ready for that next level of love. Even though that relationship did, it presented with me, um, my own karmic lesson, my own, he did not have shadow stuff to work on. I had another level of healing to do, which also, I think there was just like one, there's one other level available for me that I felt into with that, um, relationship, but it was very close and it really showed me the power to manifest, which I, I think I was just very disconnected. I'd never really been connected to my power to manifest until I got onto this journey of manifesting love. And then I started applying it to business and everything. And I was like, oh, wow, manifestation really works. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. Oh, oh that was good. Okay. And then to even get exactly what you want and to have to realize that there's actually more for you, which consistently, see, wow. consistently reminds us that we're, we could be settling. But now I won't say exactly what you want, because there is the universe is always going to give us the person where, you know, where we have to growth opportunity. Right. So like on my manifestation list for that X, I also asked for, I was like, you know, you just can put anything out there. Right. And let the universe send you what is in the highest alignment for you. But I was like, I don't want a man with a big family because sometimes like a lot of family can be, you know, historically it could have been triggering for, for me, just like big family. And he happened to have like six siblings, but I realized like I, I had actually done enough inner work that it didn't trigger me anymore. It only historically triggered me and um, it wasn't so much of an issue. So it's not like you get everything, but usually what you don't get is because there's some opportunity for growth there. Mm. So guys, if you have not, if you feel like you got more than enough from Vanessa, which is unlikely because she could go for hours. She's an incredible coach, an incredible feminine energy coach. And she's helping like single women really get what they want. I've heard the testimonials. You have some incredible stories. I know women personally that you've worked with and just some of the stuff you've coached me through in our conversations. So where can my audience learn more about you, stalk you and potentially work with you on their love vision? Yes. Thank you so much, Jessica. Uh, so they can stalk me on Instagram. That's probably the best place first. It's magnetic underscore feminine, or go to my website, magneticfeminine.com. Yay. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us on the stranded phase. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open. And then just bringing your teachings. Like you really did not hold back on helping women just take radical responsibility, understand themselves and really meet those triggers and, and, this was really like a mirrored conversation. So I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Such an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.